You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So this morning I'm going to minister on the responsible use of blessing. Many people today are very clever in hearing the Word of God, but they're not very clever in obeying. What am I saying? I'm saying the church is educated beyond her obedience. There's not a conference that people have not attended. The conference about this, a conference about that, and they know everything. Oh yeah, I've heard that, I know that. But the fact that you know something does not mean you're doing it. When you have knowledge of something is one thing, but to obey is something completely different. Knowing that you have to forgive somebody and actually forgiving somebody is completely two different things. Do you know Jesus has forgiven you? Have you forgiven everybody? If Jesus forgave the way that you would forgive, would you live a condemned life or a free life? I'm going to forgive this one, but I'm not going to forget. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 18 verse 22. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. For I've kept my eyes focused on his righteous words and I've obeyed everything that he's told me to do. I've done my best to be blameless and to follow all his ways. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm trying to work out everything that's not of God because nobody is perfect. I've done my best to be blameless and to follow all his ways, keeping my heart pure. Christianity lies in the purity of our hearts. Christianity is about keeping your heart pure. Keeping my heart pure, I've kept my integrity by surrendering to Him, and so the Lord has rewarded me with His blessings. This is the treasure I discovered when I kept my heart clean before His eyes. Remember, those with a pure heart will see God. When you keep your heart pure, you'll see God at work. You'll see what God is doing in your life. Lord, it's clear to me now that how we live will dictate how you deal with us. Good people will taste your goodness, Lord. And to those who are loyal to you, you love to prove that you are loyal and true. Family, listen to me. Christianity lies in the purity of our hearts. Many people claim to be Christians, but they are complaining just as much as people that are not Christians. Why do Christians complain so much? Because you are comparing yourself to others. It's because you are comparing yourself to others that you are murmuring and complaining. Because you look at a person, you say, why has God blessed this one? Am I not praying more than him? Am I not fasting more than this person? Am I not better educated than this person? Am I not working longer hours than this person? Have you ever stepped in that trap to compare yourself to others? Family, you have your own race to run. God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. The truth is, you can change your situation and your future by making a decision today to start planting the right seeds. If you don't have any friends, you can start by being friendly and be a friend. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, since the beginning, it's been seed time and harvest. What does that mean? I mean, you can change your future 
by making a decision to start planting the right seeds today. So many of us, what we are going through is just seeds that we have planted. But if you make a decision from today to plant righteous seeds, you will have a righteous harvest. Even then when people act towards you in unrighteousness, that unrighteousness will not affect you because you've never planted those kinds of seeds. Galatians 6 verse 7 says, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. So you have to make sure you plant the right kind of seeds. Especially when you start a church. You have to make sure that you plant the right kind of seeds. Because then you'll have the right kind of harvest. Many churches today are started by people in the church that are serving, that are faithful, and they think, no, I should be the pastor. And then they split the church. And they start a church by splitting it, and afterwards, their own church is being split, being split, being split. Why? Because that's the kind of seed they planted when they started the church. And God will not be mocked. People start a business by stealing business away from somebody else. And you see this, it goes well for a while, and after that, that business just collapses. Why? Because if you stole away, you have planted those kinds of seeds. If you are a loyal friend and you plant those kind of seeds, guess what? You'll get loyal friends. That does not mean people will not disappoint you. But in the end, you'll see God has surrounded you with loyal people because you yourself have been loyal. Even when we started this church, this was the principle. The church that I came from, I served there faithfully. Most people knew me as the guy who would fetch the pastor's jacket. Who's Bernard? No, 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 I don't know. Who's that? I mean, the guy that always gets the jacket. Oh, that guy. <laughs> served there, was faithful. My wife and myself lay down our lives. Today, God has blessed us with the best. Faithful people around us with a loyal heart. Amen. I'm teaching you something. Even when people have tried to split the church, this church, I've not fought with anybody. I've gone into my prayer room on my knees and say, Lord, I've never planted this kind of seed to split the church. Whoever wants to split the church... Stop them in their tracks, Lord. Get out of my prayer room. I go on here. I don't have to use this pulpit as a weapon to slander anybody. Because I'm conscious of what kind of seeds I want to plant. Are you conscious of what kind of seeds you want to plant? Have I planted wrong seeds in the past? Yes. Nobody's perfect. Amen. There was a stage in my life when I thought being stubborn is a good characteristic of a Christian. Any of you ever stepped in that trap? Any of you are just naturally very stubborn? Nobody raise your hand. Well done. 
I really thought that being stubborn is a good characteristic of a Christian. Until I read that stubbornness is like idolatry. I say, God, please forgive me. I've been planting the wrong kind of seed to be stubborn sometimes. It's fine to be focused and to be determined. But stubborn is something completely different. Because a stubborn person you cannot listen to. Or won't listen to you. Listen what the Bible says. Galatians 6 verse 7. Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. You have the ability to change your future. If you don't have any friends, start being a friend. Start being friendly. If you say everybody is always fighting with me, you stop fighting with everybody. Because nobody fights with himself. The Bible says stay away from hot heads. Unless you yourself become a hot head. If you're always looking at people fighting, then you think, okay, this is the easy way to sort it out. Let's just fight. Anger is a very ugly thing. Because anger is rooted in pride. You get angry because you want to force your will upon a person. So now you start shouting and screaming and throwing a tantrum. Manipulating the situation to get what you want. And it's rooted in pride. I'm the head of the house. Nonsense, man. If you're the head of the house, serve. Jesus became the least. Because it's the year with a difference. Let's be different. Anger is rooted in pride. And now you want to pray, but God says, when there's pride in your heart, God will resist you. I'm helping some of you here this morning. Because we want to ask God for things, but we're moving in the wrong spirit. We're here to align our lives with the Holy Spirit. So that we can walk in the Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. And make spirit decisions. Especially in a society that's so angry. Where the flesh takes control. People are looking for those who are led by the Holy Spirit. Remember, you can never improve a situation by criticizing it. But as a born again believer, you have to show a more excellent way. The way of the Spirit. Family, listen to me. You will always reap what you plant. Especially when you plant it with humility and sincerity of heart. You'll see a manifestation thereof. Where does anger come from? It comes from your heart. When people are angry, can you really see it? Yes, you can see it. In the same way, we are called to be one with the difference. Let's plant our seeds of righteousness in humility and sincerity of heart. If we say we want to show God's love, remember, there can be no loving without giving. And there can be no giving without receiving. Like there's no reaping without you planting. So if you are planting certain kinds of seeds, that harvest will manifest. Just remain faithful. Amen? 
If you continue to plant those righteous seeds, you will see what God will do in your life. Amen. Luke 6 verse 38 says, Give generously and generously gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Family, this simply means what you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. So if you are helping people here, God will send people to help you. But if you are always just living for yourself, what kind of seeds are you planting? Remember, when we talk about the responsible use of blessing, God has blessed every one of us here with spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. It means you have strengths that God has deposited on the inside of you. Gifts that God has deposited on the inside of you. Those strengths are there not just for yourself. Those strengths are there to strengthen other people. So when you start using your strength to help other people, God will send people to help you where you have weaknesses. This is how God intended it from the beginning. A body that's interdependent. Can the thumb say, I don't need the arm strength. Or I don't need the eye. No. We need each other. You have strengths. You have gifts. You have blessings that God has deposited on the inside of you. We say every Sunday, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm saved to save others. But are you just using it for yourself? Or you're using it truly to be a blessing to others. This is the responsible use of blessing. Remember, whatever God has blessed you with comes from Him. God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. Every advancement in your life is because of the grace of God. The fact that you are here this morning is the grace of God. There are many who would have loved to have been here, but you have the grace to be here. You can say, thank you, Jesus. Family, listen to me. The blessings that God has given us. Most people are saying, I'm looking for a blessing. You are blessed already. Because while you are looking for a blessing, nothing will change in your life. Most people are looking for money to change their lives. Not realizing that if Jesus is in your life, your life has changed already. Remember, it was the man at the gate beautiful sitting against gate beautiful with his back gate beautiful is jesus he is the way so this man was leaning with his back against gate beautiful using jesus as a crutch but he was looking at people to give him money and when peter and john came they said to him silver and gold we do not have but what we have in the name of the lord jesus christ get up and walk they were saying to him, listen to me, forsake your way of looking and trusting in money to come to you and change and accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Because remember, as a cripple, he couldn't enter into the temple. So they said, silver and gold we do not have. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And they lifted him up and he could go into the temple and be in God's presence. And when you are in God's presence, 
You have become one with the Holy Spirit. You are that temple with God's presence on the inside. You are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. When you have that revelation, things will start to change. Then you will say, I'm blessed. When you're going through a difficult time, people say, how's it going? God is good. Because you have that revelation, I'm just waiting for that manifestation. But God has said it already. And you're responsible with the blessing that God has given you. That gift, whether it's small, you can use it. Maybe you say, I don't have any money, but you have time. You can take that time to help somebody. You can do something in the kingdom of God, or you can pray. And God says, I see that. This person is responsible with the little that I've given them. I can trust this person with more. But most people just want more. Can God trust you with what he has given you? Will you be responsible with what he has given you? Because God says he is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. So if you've been planting good seeds and you're going through a tough time, don't worry. It will be short and it will be over because you've been planting the right kind of seeds. The right harvest is coming. Just keep on moving on. Amen. Family, let us not love in words only, but in deeds. Let us not say, yes, I'm going to give. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And just say it with words. Let's mean it with our hearts and take action. Amen. My father in the Lord says this. He says, remember, giving makes you more like God. Who gives to everybody generously without expecting anything back. Most people, if they are honest, when they give, they give to get. Because their focus is on what they are giving. Their focus is not on the one that they love. If you love money more than God, when you give, your focus will be on the money. I'm giving this, Lord, you better do this. But if you just love, hmm? it's very easy, our relationship with God he compares it, the relationship between Jesus Christ and the body of Christ with a husband and a wife. So if, if you don't know your motives in your hearts when you're giving to God, just think about your wife. Or your wife when your wife gives something to you. Do you give something and say, I'm giving this now to you, but remember, I'm giving this, you better do this. Where will you be sleeping tonight if you have that attitude? You don't have to answer. Amen. <laughs> She'll still love you and say, God is busy with you. You're a process. <laughs> You're in the busy going through a process. Amen. Ephesians 1 verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Matthew 11 verse 6 says, And tell John that the blessings of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me. No matter what happens. So whether you find yourself being captive in prison, keep your faith in Jesus and say, Thank you, Lord. You are my deliverer. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. says, King, know this. Whether our God delivers us or not, He is our deliverer. Proverbs 10 verse 22. True enrichment comes from the blessing of the Lord with rest and contentment in knowing 
that it all comes from him. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and it adds no sorrow to it. Family, when it comes to responsible use of blessing, the first thing that you should know is that every advancement, every blessing comes from the hand of God. And when God blesses you, whether it's in the field, whether it's in the marketplace, whether it's at home, all that he is after is not your blessing, but he is after your heart. He wants to know whether it's a small thing or a big thing, that he has all of your heart. That's what it's about. The responsible use of blessing is to put God first. Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 4 verse 11. Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock. And of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Maybe it was that Cain brought three or four wagons full of fruit. And Abel, maybe only a few lambs. And he looked and he said, why is God accepting that and not all of this? And if you read there, the Bible says, in the process of time, he brought his offerings to God. But Abel brought the first fruits. So what was the difference? It was not the kind of offering, but it was the attitude of the heart because he put God first. It was not that Cain did not give. He gave, but he did not put God first. Family, oftentimes a pastor can preach a sermon about the word of God and yet it's not pleasing to God. We can give, and our giving does not honor God because of the way that we give, because God looks at our heart. And God said to him, why are you angry? You are comparing yourself to your brother and say, maybe I've given, maybe he's even given more. Oftentimes when we sin, we want to fix it by making sacrifices. Remember what the Lord said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Abel put God first. Cain, in the process of time, he brought his offering. So when it comes to the responsible use of blessing, you know what you've purposed in your heart. Obey that which you've told God. Because God is not after your money. He is after your heart. And oftentimes our giving reveals our hearts. Say, Lord Jesus, help me. 
We live in a society that's angry. Have you experienced some angry people? I experienced some angry people in this past week. And I had to really rely on the Holy Spirit to help me. Especially when you feel people are unreasonable. That's what the Bible says. We should pray that God should deliver us from unreasonable and wicked people. Amen? Because somebody that's unreasonable, you cannot reason with them. And then you can become angry. It wants to steal your peace. Protect that peace with everything in your hearts. God is after your heart. And Ananias and Sapphira, remember them? In Acts chapter 5, when they sold the land, all the proceeds belonged to them. God didn't mind them selling the land and owning the proceeds, but it's when they lied and they kept back. It was not so much the sin of keeping back and not giving, but in trying to deceive and lie to the Holy Spirit. People today do exactly the same. Lord, I promise you, if I get this contract, I'll be in church every Sunday, Lord. I'll be serving as an usher. If I get this contract, Lord, I'm going to give you this much and this much. And then the contract comes, and instead of being in church, fulfilling your obligation and your vow to God, you're away every weekend enjoying your blessing. Has that blessing not become a curse to take you away from God? Is that a responsible use of blessing? I'm helping some of you. Because some of your things have not worked out because you've made vows to God. Go read Ecclesiastes 5 from verse 1 to 5. He says, don't be in a haste to make a vow to God and then not fulfill it. And then come to the messenger of God and say, please release me from this vow. Why do you want to get me in trouble with you? Did you make the promise to me or to God? You made the promise to God. So you go sort it out with God. Don't get me involved now. <laughs> Hello? Am I talking to the right people here? <laughs> All of us have made mistakes like that. Lord, do this for me, then I'll do this for you. <laughs> go to God and say, Lord, forgive me i made a mistake what i was doing came from myself not the leading of the holy spirit god sees our intentions and it's good to want to be a blessing but you can only bless somebody with what you've got i cannot not that i'll ever do that but i cannot say i'm going to buy my wife a five million rand car what is, what kind of a, even if I buy a Ferrari, I think she'll give it away before I can even take a drive with it. She'll just give it away and do something for the kingdom. But I cannot say that I'm going to give something that I don't have. You can only give what you have. That's a responsible use of blessing. Amen. You cannot give what you don't have. Many times people will even stand up in churches and say, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this. And the only thing that they're doing is to impress people. But in their hearts, they don't have any intention to give any of that. Be very careful what you promise in the presence of God. It's not a responsible use of blessing. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. 
why is it that somebody can preach a sermon that's not pleasing to God? Or you can give and it's not pleasing to God? Or you can pray and it's not pleasing to God? Does it mean God does not hear the prayers? God does not see what we are giving? No. Because oftentimes, let's use prayer. When you are praying and you are looking at yourself, or if I'm preaching and I'm looking at myself, instead of looking at the cross where the price was paid, I'm looking at my own ability, my own strength. I'm preaching in my own strength. I'm praying in my own strength. I'm giving in my own strength. Do you hear what I'm saying? Even when somebody at work or a family member, oh, you're the Christian, pray quickly for us. You say, no, no, I cannot pray. I, I didn't fast this week. Or I was supposed to read uh, another two chapters in the Bible and, and then my child was crying. I didn't read enough Bible this morning. I cannot pray for you. What are you doing? You're focusing upon what you've done for God to do what He has to do. Whenever you pray and you feel like you have no faith, don't put your faith in your faith. Put your faith in God. Look to the cross where the price was paid. Putting your trust in Him. Looking at the author, the finisher, the perfecter of your faith. That's what pleases God because now you're putting your dependence and your trust in God and not in yourself. Am I helping some of you here this morning? When we minister as men of God, the word of God, I can only give to you what I've received from heaven. So this word that I'm ministering to you, I'm ministering it first to God. That's why I have to make sure what I share with you lines up with the word of God. And I'm not telling my own stories. Because heaven is listening. I cannot give my own interpretation. Because then I'm deceiving you. That's what the Bible says. Ministers that preach the word. Their judgment one day will be more severe than those just sitting and listening. Do you know why? God spoke to me. He says, I'm sharing with you revelation. But I want to warn you, what you preach to the people can point them in the direction of heaven or hell. Do you know what that means? If I'm preaching things that will take you to hell, as a pastor, even though I'm a pastor, I'm planting hell kinds of seeds. What will be my harvest one day? Now it's very quiet because very few churches preach about hell anymore. There's a heaven and there's a hell. There's a life here after. And the kind of seeds that you plant here today determines where you will go. Remember, the Pharisees are righteous. But they will not go to heaven one day. The Bible says you as a Christian 
Your righteousness should exceed that of the Pharisees. What is he saying? He says, your righteousness should not come from all the right things that you are doing. But your righteousness to exceed that of the Pharisees that live a perfect life, obeying the law. They're not going to make it because their trust is in their own ability. Your righteousness can only exceed their good works if your righteousness comes from God. When you put your trust in God and put God first. Remember Abraham. God gave him the promise Isaac. That was his blessing. That was his pride. That was his legacy. This is the son that God has given me. Everybody knew that God was faithful. Here's Isaac. And the Lord says to him, I want you to take Isaac and go and sacrifice him. Abraham knew he could only give to God what God has given to him. That's why he said, let me take him the next morning early and go and sacrifice him. When they came to him and they said, where are you going? He says, me and the lad, we're going yonder to worship. Because he was putting God first, even when God asked of him to make a sacrifice, he saw it as part of his worship because he had put God first. And the Bible says because of his obedience, righteousness was accounted to him. The responsible use of blessing. That which his life depended upon, that which his testimony depended upon, he was prepared to give it. The responsible use of blessing, nothing is too dear. Family, do you know what, how you know what God has called you to do? That thing that you love beyond pain and discomfort is the thing that God has called you for. When nothing is too much. That's why you know your children are one of the things that God has called you to. That's why God has given them. Because nothing is too much for your children. That's why God loves us so much. God so loved the world that he gave. When he gave Jesus, there was no guarantees that we were going to accept him. He gave just because he loved us. Listen to me. There's a big difference between a clean heart and a pure heart. People that don't have God can have a clean heart and not keep grudges. But to have a pure heart, God must be involved. Because there's only one who is holy. Many people can say no to sin. But you cannot say yes to righteousness unless God is involved. That's where you become aware of the responsible use of blessing. What God has entrusted you with. To change people's lives. Mark 12 verse 41. God has called us to love with all our substance. Abraham knew what comes from God is the only thing that's acceptable to God. But he also knew that whatever he is giving, even if his son died, he said he counted him faithful to be able to raise him from the dead. He says, whatever I'm giving, whatever I'm sacrificing, it's part of my worship because I love God. Whatever he requires of me, I'm going to do it with a good attitude because I know what will follow after that. Mark 12 verse 41 
Then he sat down near the offering box, watching all the people dropping in their coins. Many of the rich would put in their very large sums, but a destitute widow walked up and dropped in two small copper coins worth less than a penny. Jesus called his disciples to gather around and then said to them, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given a larger offering than all of the wealthy. For the rich only gave out of their surplus, but she sacrificed out of her poverty and gave to God all that she had to live on, which was everything she had. She used her substance to show her love. She gave what her life depended upon. And God said, I want to talk to you about this lady. She did not have a lot. It's not what you give or how much you give, but how much heart is in your giving. I know she gave with all her heart. See, the others gave big amounts, but it was not with all their heart. They gave out of a position of comfort. He was once again looking at their hearts to say, what are they doing with what I've blessed them with? Remember, those two coins might have been her last meal for that day. And she said, I'm not going to eat anything. I want to give this to Jesus. And he was aware of it. You know, when we give, we are planting seeds that will be multiplied back unto us. Her name is not even mentioned. But everywhere, all over the world, for generations after generations, people have read about this woman. The way that she gave. With all her heart. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. The sin about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 is a sin about the heart. Because they purposed in their hearts to withhold what they said they were going to give. Family, remember, how does faith work? Faith needs your heart's full assurance or backing to be released. This is the problem that we sit with in society today. People come and say, hello, how are you today? But in their hearts, this, why do I have to greet you? The Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you. Amen. Family, listen to me. When we give, or when we're holding back, we're not only giving in an unworthy manner, but we are lying to the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest sin. Saying we will do this, we will do this. But then we, in our hearts, purpose something else. Let me read it to you that you can see. Acts chapter 5 verse 3. God revealed their secret to Peter, so he said to him, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart and make you think you could lie to the Holy Spirit? You only pretended to give it all. Yet, you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of your property to keep for yourself. Before you sold it, wasn't it yours to sell or to keep? Can you see God is not after your money? Just if it's yours, if you want to sell it, you want to keep it, then do it. God is happy for you. You know it comes from the hand of God. And after you sold it, wasn't the money entirely at your disposal? You could do with it what you wanted. How could you plot such a thing in your heart? You haven't lied to people. You've lied to 
God. Is when you don't know the purpose of blessing that you do stupid things like that. When you don't know the purpose of blessing, you will, can do things that can cost you your life. When God has blessed you to be a blessing, now you take that money and you go to a place where you should not go. How will it affect your future? Because this race is still very long. While you've not received your blessing, you're praying and fasting and trusting God. But if the blessing comes, can God trust you with that blessing? Or will that be the very thing that will take you away? Ask yourself that question. I once heard a prophet, he said, Lord, give me a million rand. And the Lord spoke to him and said, no, I cannot give you a million rand. Because if I give you a million rand now, you'll leave this church. And you'll be ministering all over the world. Whereas I want you to be in this congregation. And I was a young man. And I thought, wow, God, that's a message. I must remember that. If God has planted you in a church and has given you an assignment to be a blessing in a church, to serve in a church, what is it that can take you away? Because remember, the devil will tempt you with that very thing. The devil tempted Jesus when he was hungry with bread. God is looking at our hearts. Turn with me to Luke 17. I want to read something quickly. What's the problem with money? God only compares himself with money. Mammon. Am I right? Since you cannot love two, you'll make a decision in your heart, your purpose in your heart, who will you love? Money or God? Who will be your God? Money or God? If you make God your God and you worship him, you will become more like God. But if you worship money, you'll become more like money. Have you met businessmen that don't know God? They're as hard as money. They're as cruel as money. They're as harsh as money. Money's got no friends. Hello? You will become like the thing you worship. So be very careful where your focus is. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Jesus then gave them this illustration. A wealthy landowner had a farm that produced bumper crops. In fact, it filled his barns to overflowing. He thought, what should I do now that every barn is full and I have nowhere else to store more? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn that will hold all my grain and goods. Then... I can just sit back, surrounded with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy the life with no worries at all. How many people think if I can just get that big contract, if I can just get a lot of money, I'll have no worries? You'll need God then even more. God said to him, what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death are demanding to take your life. Then who will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself? This is what will happen. To all those who fill up their lives with everything but God. Family, the responsible use of blessing is about putting God first. Amen. It's not wrong to love your blessings. It's not wrong to love your wife. It's not wrong to love your children. 
it's not wrong to love your business. It's not wrong even to love the success that you have in life. It is wrong when you love those things more than God. Love those things. Love your wife. Love your children. Love your business. Do it with all your passion. Because that which you love, it's easy to, to do it. Even if there's discomfort, you'll do it. But love God more than all of it. Amen? When you love God more than all of it, you'll know that you have blessings and blessings don't have you. It's the difference between somebody that's got money or has money got you. Do you know the difference? The person who's got money, he can let go of it. The person when money has got him cannot let go of it. It's like somebody smoking cigarettes. Who's holding who? Is the man holding the cigarette or is the cigarette holding you? If you say, I'm holding the cigarette, then let go of the cigarette. No, no, no. You cannot let go of the cigarette because the cigarette's got you. <laughs> That's why you have to come for deliverance. Jesus has made full provision for everything in our lives. Amen. I hope you didn't give somebody an elbow here in the ribs now when I said that. Hmm? I'm closing with this. What God requires of us, whether it's two cents that you are giving or two million rand that you are giving or 20 million rand that you are giving, God wants us to give a worthy offering. A worthy offering is giving with all your heart. That which God has given you and blessed you with the responsible use of that blessing is to give it with all your heart. Number one, your time. Where are you spending your time? Some people come to church saying, this pastor must just finish in time. I've got a meeting after this and it's important people. Are these people more important than God? You've not come to meet with me, you've come to meet with God. Some people say, oh, you know what? I've heard this about responsible use of blessing. I'm going to give what I must give. But he's going on a bit too long now. Brother, I'm just going to give it to you. You make sure to put it in the offering for me. Giving a worthy offering is giving it with all your heart. To purpose in your heart, God, I'm here for you. You know you're going to come to church on a Sunday. So there's no need to book an appointment by one because you know by one you won't be able to be out. Do it much later in the afternoon if you want. And put God first and show God that you are putting him first. Sometimes the small things that we do have an extraordinary effect in the spirit. So number one, your time. Make a worthy offering. Give a worthy offering when it comes to your time. When it comes to your faith. When it comes to your love. When it comes to the blessings that God has entrusted you with. Give it in a worthy way. God wants you to be a happy giver. So if you're going to give something, go and hear before you come to church because you are being led by the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what is it that I have to give? If I'm going to church tomorrow, you've blessed me, Lord. What is it that I must give? If you have no money, God will say, you know what? You have no money right now. Give your time in the children's church. Give your time as an usher. Give your time in prayer. Give your time 
in helping. And then you come and you give it in a worthy way. I'm here to come and help because I don't have money to give. If I had money, I would give money. And you can buy all the cleaning material. But now, I don't have money for cleaning materials, so I'll come and clean. <laughs> you are complaining. Stay at home and be happy. Amen. But if you've purposed in your heart, Lord, you've blessed me in this week with this, or in this month with this, or in this financial year with this. I know, Lord, this comes from your hand. What is it that you want me to give, Lord? And you'll hear what he will say. And then it's that obedience that's the most important thing. And sometimes that obedience becomes a sacrifice. But unto us, that sacrifice becomes part of our worship where we say, thank you, Lord. And you'll see what God will do and you'll start planting the right seeds. Many people, many of you I've seen making contributions in this building project that are really sacrifices. You are reshaping your future. When you find yourself in difficult times in the future, you'll find yourself on a solid rock. Because of the seeds that you have planted. Because, because God is not mocked. What a man sows, that he will reap. God will take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. I'm telling you, family, the blessings that you've got. With God, it's small things, big things. If you're faithful with the small things, you'll be faithful with the big things. If you can help in church now that you're just a supervisor or a normal worker... Guess what? When you're a manager, you'll also be able to do that. But if you say, no, no, Lord, I want to wait until I'm a manager, then I'll get involved. When you're a manager, you're going to be more busy. Your job will require more of you. And you've trained your heart then to say, okay, later, Lord, later, Lord, later, Lord. Small things, big things. Young people, you have the opportunity to plant seeds now. That will reshape your future. Reshape your future. Don't wait and say, well, I'm a student now. I cannot use my blessings as a blessing to bless people. No. If you get pocket money now, be wise and follow God's principles to start to work for you now already to lay a solid foundation in your life. Give you many testimonies of people. As a student, I thought... No, 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 a student, you don't give. When you're a student, you take. When I was a student, I said, you don't give. Then one of my very good friends, he was a student, worked. He said, why aren't you tithing? He said, I'm a student. He says, uh-uh. That guy in his life, with those decisions at that young age, became a springboard for his future. But I'm telling you, most people in their lives will never be able to catch up. Because God is not mocked. So you can never say I'm too young or I cannot. You can take responsibility for the blessings that God has given you and you'll see how it will impact and change your life. See you later. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.